Okay, okay, wonderful. Wow. Well, I think we can go home now. I, honestly, I, what do you say? What can you do? Oh, what a joy to see so many of you today. I, it's been a, a while thinking about what I'm going to be sharing with your wonderful people who blessed me and my wife. What do you say in your farewell message, really? What can you say? There's so many things. And I was praying, Lord, I need, I need to bring something that's not just generic, something that, but something that's really needed for the hour in which we live in. And how do I bring all the messages together that I shared these last few years into one message? And of course, we have New Year before us. This is New Year's Eve and all these challenges. What should I share with you? And I believe the Lord has given me something very specific and something that's apropos for this time. And so I'd like to share a word from the book of 2 Samuel chapter 9 verses 1 to 10. Now you know I'm going to be speaking about the life of David somehow. And here we are once again. 2 Samuel chapter 9 verses 1 to 10. If you brought your Bibles. And David said, is there yet any that is left in the house of Saul? that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. And there was of the house of Saul a servant by the name of Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet another of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God, notice the kindness of God, unto him. And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame in both feet. Both feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, in Lodibar. And the king David sent and fetched him, notice the word fetched, out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodibar. And now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold, thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee, notice, restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Hmm. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant 
that thou shouldst look upon such a dead dog as I am. Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land of him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat, but Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always, always at my table. Ziba had 15 sons and 29 servants. I've entitled this message, Finding You Place with the King. Finding your place with the King. As we begin this morning, we notice something that seems a little strange. David asked Ziba, the servant from the household of Saul. Remember, Saul was the enemy of David. Saul wanted to kill David. Saul wanted to destroy not only David, but his whole family. David, for 14 years, was running away from Saul as a fugitive, fearing his life. And here he is. David asks Ziba, a servant from the house of Saul, is there anyone that I can show kindness to? The kindness of God, that's very significant, and we'll see why in a few moments. That I can show the kindness of God to? Is there anybody left in Saul's household that I can do this? Ziba, the servant, says, well, everyone is basically dead except Except one's left, Jonathan's crippled son, his child. And David, he lives in Lodibar, and he's lame, not just in one foot, he's lame in both feet. He can't even walk. He's crippled. He's in Lobidar. And here, my brothers and my sisters, we see a picture of God's heart through David. David wants to do something because of what he did with Jonathan, his best friend. Here we see David's character. Here we see the integrity of God through the life of David. You see, Mephibosheth is the only person left that can get in the way of David's destiny. He's the only one still connected to Saul who had the legal right to be the next king. He could have been a threat to David's kingdom. Instead of being a threat, he wanted to show the very antithesis. He wanted to show love, compassion, and mercy. Now why would David do such a thing? In our text, it said for Jonathan's sake, if you remember, I don't have time to expand on it. Jonathan knew in his heart that David would be the next king. Jonathan said to David, David, when you become, not if, when you become the next king, please, please, David, can you remember my children? Remember my household, David. Please, show them mercy. Why? Because it was just custom that when the next king would be on the throne, any threat would be annihilated. Jonathan understood that, and he said, 
Please show mercy to my children. And David said, of course I will. Of course I will. And he made a covenant with Jonathan. Please remember that. He made a vow and a covenant with Jonathan that day that he would show kindness to his family. You see, David was a man of his word. He was a man of his word because he believed in God's word. Because the word of God has a lot to say about when you make vows and when you make covenants. It's a serious matter when you make a covenant with somebody. When you take a vow and make a vow, unlike today. But God has something to say about making vows and David understood that. And so off he goes to Lobidar to bring Mephibosheth back into the kingdom of David into his own house to eat from his table. Now we've got to ask ourselves, why was Mephibosheth in Lobidar to begin with? What is this place, Lobidar? Why is this place so significant? Why did Mephibosheth go to Lobidar of all places? Why? Well, the Bible tells us that the servant or the nurse of Mephibosheth, when David's men were attacking that particular household, the Bible tells us that Mephibosheth was just a little boy, and his nurse was carrying him, trying to escape David's men. And as the nurse was trying to escape David's men, the nurse tripped somehow, and, and, and Mephibosheth fell in a way that both his legs broke severely. Couldn't walk anymore. Didn't have doctors like we have today. And he became lame. In both of his feet. Yes, he would have been the king. But he was lame in both of his feet. Yes, yes he would have been living in the palace. But he was lame in both of his feet. Brothers and sisters, I want to talk to somebody this morning. Is there anybody this morning that's been dropped by somebody? Is there anybody this morning that feels their legs are lame? Oh, I'm not talking about physical legs. I'm talking about something that has affected you because somebody dropped you. You've been dropped. This morning I want to talk about somebody who's been dropped and now, and now you, 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 you've been crippled. You've been crippled. I want to talk to some people that could have been, that should have been. I want to talk about people, but, 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 but somebody dropped you. Somebody did something to you that affected you for the rest of your life. Yes, and that person you trusted. You trusted him. You trusted her. And now you're damaged for years and you can't walk. Is there anybody in this room? Is there somebody on Facebook? Maybe there's somebody on YouTube. You've been dropped. And you find yourself in Lobidar. You could have been. And maybe you should have been, but, but, but somebody dropped you. And worst of all, you were just a child. And maybe even worse than that, it wasn't even... Your fault. Somebody dropped you, and for years you've been dro- uh, broken. For years, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, the brokenness. Uh, you've been abused, and it affected you. You've been mistreated, 
and it's affected you. You've been exploited and it's affected you. Somebody got you pregnant and promised all these great things. Somebody swept up your feet and promised you the world and now you're pregnant but, but, but he's abandoned you. He's dropped you and now you've been crippled. Not knowing what you're going to do. You've been dropped. And so Mephibosheth moves to Lobidar. But brothers and sisters, what is it about Lobidar? We've got to look at the names. Names are so significant in the Bible. When you read and you hear of a place, we've got to go, what is the significance? What is the meaning of this place? What is the meaning of Lobidar? Lobidar has two major meanings. The first meaning of Lobidar means no grazing, no pasture, no life. Lobidar is a place where there's no pasture, there's no grazing, there's no life. Names are very significant. That's why Jesus, when he tells uh, John to write the letters to the churches in Revelation 1, to all the seven churches, do you know that each church's name has spiritual significance? The church of Ephesus, it means something. It means to leave. Ephesus left their first love. Thyatira, Pergamos, means bigamy. Pergamos had two lovers. They served God on one hand and the other hand they served their own gods. Sardis, cubic zarcona, it's a false diamond. It looked like it's alive but it was dead, Revelation 3.1. Philadelphia, the Greek word philo, love, brothers, brotherly love. Each name reflected the character of that church. Names are very significant. Lobidar means a place of no growth, no grazing. Something's wrong. There's no life in this place. A place of desolation, a dark place. It was a place of the slums, the ghettos. Nobody went to visit Lobidar. You ended up in Lobidar for a reason. It was like a skid row, if you will. But Lobidar has another meaning, and maybe more significant to our story this morning. Lobidar means no communication. Lobidar means you, you can't speak about it. Lobidar means uh, I, I don't have the right words. It literally means no communications. You see, brothers and sisters, for some people, when you've been dropped bad enough, hard enough, you can't even talk about it. You're in Lobidar. There's no communication. You, you've been dropped and it's affected you so badly. You can't speak. You've become anesthetized in spirit. Your feelings are numb. You can't talk about it. Sometimes when you get dropped bad enough, you just want to hide. You just want to run. Like David in Psalm 55, oh, if I had the wings of a dove that I might get away and be at rest. Oh, like David in Psalm 63, Psalm 57, wanted to get away into a cave. He wanted to escape. He wanted to be alone. He wanted to hide. Sometimes you dropped hard enough. You want to go into a cave. You want to withdraw. You don't want to speak. You don't want to say anything. Oh, friends, have you ever had somebody hurt you and you felt numb inside? You just just don't want to talk about it. And it wasn't even your fault. You just can't verbalize it. You're in Lobidar. I don't know if I'm speaking to somebody this morning, but 
you're trapped in your own head now because of that. Yes, you're all dressed up with your nice Armani suit. Yeah, 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 with your Versace dress looking so good with your Gucci bag but people don't know that you're in Lobidar yeah 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 you're driving your big fancy car yes yes you're at you're the great you're the CEO of this incredible company but but but, but you're in Lobidar and you don't even want to talk about it because you're worried of what people might think of what they might say you're in Lobidar, there's no communication. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, you never could, you never would. You couldn't find the words to express it. What would people say if you told them, but it wasn't even your fault? Oh my goodness, somebody dropped you and you haven't been able to recover. You've been dropped when you were young and you haven't been able to recover. Ah, my friend, but I got good news today. I got news. If for some of you, that silence is going to be broken. I've got great news for you but that pain is going to be dealt with uh, I believe this that silence will be broken that shame that pain yes I know that the enemy will try to push it down I know the enemy will cause you to remember what happened bring up your past so that your enemy can keep you in lobidar keep you quiet keep you in that place of desolation want you in lobidar where there's no grazing there's no hope there's no life a place of depression a, pray, a place where you withdraw away. Yeah, that's what the enemy wants to do. But I got another word, friends. He can't keep God from lifting you up. Believe me, for thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Yes, it's time for some of you brothers and sisters. Maybe there's somebody on Facebook. You've been taking laps around Mount Sinai for a long time. Wandering in the wilderness. Listen. You're in Lobidar. You've been there too long. And what God is getting ready to do in your life. You've got to get out of that place. Of depression you've got to get out of that place of isolation you've got to get out of the year this year that's approaching us is a great year great and my God wants to do something so powerful but you can't stay in Lobidar yes I might be hurting I might be hiding but I can't stay there I could be blaming what happened to me when I was seven years old I can blame my father I can blame my cousin I can blame my friends for the rest of eternity and I'll continue to stay in Lobidar is there's something I can do, oh God, that can get me out of Lobidar. Is there something that I can do that can get me out of this? Because it's time. I've, I've been living in fear too long in my life. I, I've been in depression for a long time. and I can't stay in Lobidar anymore. This anxiety of what has happened to me when I was 15. What happened to me when I got divorced. My, these panic attacks I had when I had to face that situation. I, I, I don't want to, I can't go through this anymore. It's too painful. Yes, something that has happened in my past. My past. Somebody dropped me. That's why I'm in this place. You did it, sir. 
you did it, ma'am. You did it, my brother. And I'm reminding myself, and the devil certainly wants me to remember what he did to me. What she did to me. I don't want to forget that. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. That's why I've got all this fear. And this is what you believe. This is what you believe. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. This is what the enemy has told you. This is what the natural realm has told you. This is what your flesh has told you. This is what your circumstance has told you. What he did, what she did. And the past keeps coming back. The past keeps haunting me. But I got a word for somebody. It's found in Philippians. Paul had a terrible past too. Paul went through hell too. But he said one thing. The one thing I do. The one thing I'm not going to forget. Listen, I've got to gotta, gotta forget about all these things in my past. This one thing I've got to forget about that experience. I can't keep living in Lobidar, Paul says. One thing. Forgetting those things that are behind me and pressing on towards the things that are before me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've heard this and you've heard this. You see, my past is just my reference. It's just my reference. I'm learning from my past. I'm not going to live in my past. My past is, is my reference point. It's not my residence. I don't live there anymore. I know it was a painful experience. I know there was lots of pain in Lobidar, but I can't live in that painful experience. I can't live in Lobidar. And, and the devil has come and told me you're always going to be living in Lobidar it's painful there but because I've had a painful past oh my friends that doesn't mean I can't have a powerful future I got to go forward I got to press on I can't live I can't live in Lobidar much longer and so the Bible tells us watch this David says go fetch out Mephibosheth verse number 5 now you don't tell a full-grown man, go fetch him. When you look at the word fetch, it's an interesting word. It's a word used, it's a derogatory word really. It's a word used for an animal, go, go fetch your dog. Or, or, or a child even. You don't address a full-grown man and tell him, go fetch him. Go fetch him. You don't normally say that. But here you are, and we're going to find out what happened. You see, even though he's a full-grown man, watch this, he's got a five-year-old problem. Even though he's a full-grown man, he's got a problem that happened when he was a child that he hasn't been able to deal with. How many people are full-grown adults, but they're still dealing with a five-year-old problem when you were just a child? You haven't been able to deal with it effectively. You're 25 years old, living in a boy's problem. Full-grown man with a five-year-old child problem. A seven-year-old, a 12-year-old. Full-grown man. And you're dealing with something that has happened in your youth that has kept you in Lobidar. 
Oh, my friend, I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but for the size you are, for the years of experience you have, for the amount of years that you know Jesus Christ, what did Paul say in 1 Corinthians 13? What did Paul say in 1 Corinthians 3? Paul said, when I became a man, when I became a man, when I became a man, I put away childish things. Paul says, I want to address you as, as having meat. I want to speak to you as a mature believer, 1 Corinthians 3. But I can't. i got to deal with you and talk to you and keep giving you milk because... You haven't grown up. How many people know the Lord for years? They should be eating meat, but they're still drinking milk because somebody dropped you and you haven't got out of Lobidar. And you've tried to justify as much as you can why you still should be there. Because, because you keep thinking, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. It's so easy to justify being in Lobidar. I don't know. I can't continue like this. The truth is, brothers and sisters, the truth is, can I be brutally honest with all of us today? You can't get out of Lobidar by yourself. Yeah, I know what I've just been saying. But the truth is, you just can't simply get out of Lobidar by yourself. Oh, stay with me. We're going to go a little deeper this morning. You can't do it alone. You can't get out of Lobidar. You, you, you need some help. Watch this now. Here's the good news. Here comes the help. And Mephibosheth didn't even know it. David asked Ziba, where is this boy who's now a man? And the servant said, he's in the household of Machar. Now why is this so significant? Because now David knows exactly where Mephibosheth is. Oh, okay, but, 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 but if, we, if we can go a little deeper, are you ready? You see, God knows exactly where you're at. If you remember our text, the Bible says that David is not going to show the kindness of God. So David becomes a representation of who God is. And so David's a picture of God's love. And so here, David wants to show kindness to a man who's in Lobidar. And he knows exactly where he is. He knows exactly where you are. He knows where you, you might be hiding. You might be in Lobidar. You might be incognito. But God knows exactly where you are. Everyone else may have forgotten you. But God sees who you are. He sees where you're at. He sees that you're in Lobidar. And it reminds me, friends, exactly what I shared a few weeks ago about, about Hagar, who was kicked out of her home. Kicked. That wasn't even her fault. They kicked her out of the home and she ended up in a desert in her own personal Lobidar and she was hungry she was thirsty her son was hungry her thirsty her lips were cracked cracked swollen from a lack of water and all of a sudden in the midst of her Lobidar an angel appears and asks her Hagar what what aileth thee what's the matter and the angel provides food and water 
And she says something incredible. You figure, she said, thank you for the water, thank you for the food. No, no. She says, oh, I, I says, oh my God. She says, Jehovah Roi, the Lord, I'm so, who sees me. The Lord sees me. He sees me in the desert. He sees me in Lobidar. He sees me when I've been betrayed. He sees me when I was dropped. He sees me. He sees me. Yes, my friends, you're lame in both feet. You're hiding, but God sees you. I know that someone told you you'll never amount to anything. I, I, I know the, the, the devil will come and remind you of what you did. He'll try to keep bringing up your past and what you did and who you were and what happened to you to bring you down and tell you you'll always be in Lobidar but hold on for a second my friend God isn't finished with you he that's begun a good work shall complete it. God is saying, I've got your address. Yes, I know your name. I know where you live. I know, I've seen every tear. I've seen, Elaine, can you help me? Can you help me, Elaine? He knows. One more time, please. He knows. He knows who you are. He knows what's going on in your mind. The battle's in the mind, friend. It's in the mind. And he sees those tears that nobody sees. And when you're in Lobidar and you're on your knees and you're crying out to God, he sees. For he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow. He sees, he hears. He knows what you're going through because God hasn't dropped you, friend. I know it doesn't look very good. I know it seems like God has dropped me. How many times when we find ourselves in Lobidar, we inadvertently blame God? Is God, you forsake God? I, I, I know you lost your job, sir. I know that, and I know your children are, are causing you problems, I understand that, I, I know that in your home there's all kinds of, of disharmony, there's all kinds of pain, and I, 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 God sees that and I understand all that, but God's in control of your life my friend, I know it's hard to understand that. But it's God who sees all and knows. The Bible says that God's engraved our names in the palm of His hand. He's in control of all things. He hasn't dropped you. God didn't remove the Red Sea. Do you think God removed the Red Sea because of the obstacle that the Israelites faced? No, He didn't. He parted it. God doesn't always remove your problems, God doesn't always remove that pain. You might be in Lobidar and that's in God, take away. There's a reason why you're there. But he parted the Red Sea. And what that tells me, my friend, that when you're in Lobidar, God's going to make a way for you. You may not see it. You may not understand it. But God's about to do something powerful. You're not dealing with a weak, lethargic, frustrated God. He's able to do all things. He's not on life support, trying to breathe. Because God's beyond all that. He's, he's the almighty God. There's nothing he cannot do. Yes, I know the economy's bad. I know the wars and the rumors of wars that surround us. I, I know the government's in trouble. I know. 
The world is in a mess. But God is never in distress. He never sweats. He's never confused. He's sovereign. He's omnipotent. He's on the throne. He's got one foot on the land and one foot upon the sea. He's the um, immutable, unchanging, merciful, glorious God. And now through David, he's about to show kindness to somebody who's in Lobidar. Are you in Lobidar? Lobidar. Because he's in control and he reigns. He sits upon the circle of the earth as a judge sits on his bench. Nothing escapes him. He sees all. His eye is on the sparrow. And he says if it's a mountain, if it's a mountain, oh I love what it says in Psalm 97, it's going to melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, No mountains can stand before him. If it's a chain, I can see the chains coming off Paul's hands. The chain will be broken. If it's a burden, he says I can bear it. He says if it's fear, I can dispel it. If it's a disease, I can heal it. His eye is on the sparrow. Yes, a very present help in time of Lobidar. Time of trouble. And so, Ziba, the servant, is off to bring Mephibosheth to David. David wants to see Mephibosheth. And the servant brings Mephibosheth. I want you to notice what Mephibosheth does when he sees him. He falls on his face in reverence. He couldn't believe it. He was in disbelief. And David calls him. He's not really sure, Mephibosheth, what's going on, but David calls him. In fact, when you read the original, when David, David didn't really recognize who Mephibosheth was. That's what, that's what the Bible says. And David said, here, Mephibosheth, what this means here is, is that you? Somebody said yes, I'm not sure. What the, but, is that you? That's what the Bible says. Is that you, Mephibosheth? You see, sometimes your pain can disfigure you. Sometimes your agony can cause you to change. Sometimes you're in such distress that some people won't even recognize you because you've been in Lobidar so long. My God! Is that you, Mephibosheth? And he answered, yeah. Here I am. King David, here I am. But I must admit, I don't know why you're asking me to come here. And look what David says in verse number 7. Something that put Mephibosheth in shock. David says, I'm, I'm going to give you everything that you lost back to you. Yes, I'm going to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Does that sound familiar, my friend? I'm going, I'm going to turn your mourning into dancing. Does that sound familiar, my friend? David is speaking through the words of God. He's, yeah, yeah, all your father's land. I'm going to restore it. And as Mephibosheth is crawling towards David, David says something equally as powerful. He says, Mephibosheth, all you have to do, I know you can't walk. But all you have to do is just come and sit at my table. I just want you to sit at my table. I just want you to come and nothing you, nothing you can do to earn all of this. Does that sound 
familiar that you are saved not by works but grace through faith God has done everything through what not because of what you've done just all you have to do is come and sit at my table sit at my table yeah yeah I'm gonna bless you you didn't deserve it I know you but there's an inherent blessing coming because you are the child's king and so you see Mephibosheth watch this is a picture of the church David is a picture of God's love why is Mephibosheth a picture of the church because you and I were in Lobidar lost in sin crippled by sin and now because of Jesus he calls us a joint heir in Christ. Now through Christ, he, we become his righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the what? The righteousness of God. We are his ambassadors. We are a peculiar nation. We got royal blood flowing through our veins. It's not because we have done anything. In fact, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 gives a clearer picture of what God has done in our lives. He has enriched us. The Greek word plutokratos, which means an aristocrat. God has made us an aristocrat spiritually. He has empowered us. He has equipped us and given us all things that pertain unto godliness, Peter tells us. Through Christ. And that's why I've entitled this message, Finding Your Place with the King. Friends, can I ask you, do you know who you really are? I know you're in Lobidar, some of you, and you're saying, I'm, I'm just a dead dog. That's what Mephibosheth said. That's what he thought of himself, a dead dog. How many Christians who are in Lobidar Look at themselves like a dead dog. Devil has put things in your mind and you're starting to believe them. Jesus did what I cannot do for myself and notice his response, verse number eight. I want to read it. I want you to see it for yourself. Notice the response of Mephibosheth. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant? The Hebrew says, Really, it says, What, what is my... What am I? I'm, not, I'm your servant, but what really am I? It means, it says, That thou shouldst look upon a dead... A dead... He could have just said dog. A dead dog. Why was he dead? Because he, he was in Lobidar. There's a, either an anointing over there or somebody, or, or somebody, somebody wants to take over. There's something. <laughs> he said he's a dead dog because what is Lobidar? A place of no life. See, this is how I know, watch this now, watch this, watch this. That it wasn't only his feet that was lame, but his heart and his mind. 
It was more than the physical realm. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is, you see, Mephibosheth was lame, not only in his feet, but in his heart and in his mind. Sometimes you can be in Lobidar because something has happened to you physically, perhaps, but that, that pain has now entered into your mind, and now you've become lame in your heart and in your mind. It's affected you. He sees himself as a dead dog. His pain, his circumstances, his lameness has called him to, to he can't see properly it's blurred his vision sometimes your pain can cause you uh, uh, to have a problem with how you see yourself how you see the situation sometimes your pain and your circumstances can be such a low bidar experiences that you're losing sight of reality you can't see what's going on and we do what Paul tells us not to do in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 it tells us to walk by faith and not by sight but because of low bidar because of our pain we do the very opposite we begin to walk by sight rather than by faith and we end up bowing down to our emotions and our emotions have taken over and you are not able to reach your potential you are not able to reach your potential my God, some of us have enough of Jesus to get us to heaven, but not enough for us to walk in victory. Because we're, we, we think how we think, our mind, the battle's in the mind. It's in your mind what you think. The devil's after your mind. He wants to destroy what you think. That's why Paul says that we need to be what? Transformed by the renewing of our mind. Our mind. We're stuck in Lobidar. We're living beneath our blessings. We're living beneath our blessings because you don't know who you really are. You're positioned. It's been blurred you don't know your position in Christ I'm not talking prosperity I hate that doctrine I'm just talking about who you are in Christ your position in Christ who am I who am I there's you are you are a child of the living God who am I who am I I need to know who I am how many oh my goodness how many when they're in Lobidar the flesh is active you start thinking things and compromising when you're in Lobidar. Oh, how many, how many have sold their inheritance? They've sold their birthright over a bowl of soup. Oh, I don't know who I'm speaking to. You've been so scarred in Lobidar that now you've lost focus. The flesh is active and the things that you used to do come back into your life. You forgot your position. You forgot who you are. A few months ago I shared an illustration. I can't believe the response to this one. But it's apropos to what I'm sharing with you today and I want to share it. I think this is so significant, so please listen very carefully. An American native Indian who found an eagle's egg one day put that eagle's egg into a nest of prairie chickens. The eaglet eventually hatched with a brood of prairie chickens together and they grew up as one. And this eaglet did exactly what the prairie chickens would do. He scratched the dirt and searched for seeds and corn even began to walk like a prairie chicken. Be careful who you hang around with, by the way. That's just for free. We'll go on. To... 
He only went a few feet because that's what the other chickens were doing. That's what he believed. That's what they all did. And he figured that's all he can do. You see, there are limitations. Their limitations became that eaglet's limitations. Oh, what years passed by. He looked in the sky one day, this little eagle that became an adolescent at this point, and he saw this magnificent bird flying effortlessly in the highest of highs. And, and the eagle turned to one of the prairie chicken elders of the church and asked the elder, excuse me, Mr. Elder Prairie Chicken, what is that? He says, oh, he says, oh, 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 that, 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 that is a golden eagle. What? That's a golden eagle. But don't, don't, don't think about it though. Just no matter what kind of bird that is, I know he's majestic. I know that he's powerful. But don't have any aspirations. Because you can never be like that. You will never be able to fly like that. You will never be as powerful as that. That bird is unique. You, you just stay where you are. Don't get any of these crazy ideas. You'll always be a prairie chicken. Despite the fact that this is what you might be attracted to. Forget about it. You will never be like that. And that eagle never thought about it again. One day that eaglet that became an eagle that walked like a prairie chicken, act like a prairie chicken, got older, and it died. It died as a prairie chicken. It died what he thought about himself, completely controlled by those who were around him. And this eagle who thought he was a prairie chicken, watch this now, never reached its potential. What a waste. What a waste as a man thinketh in his heart. A waste because God designed him to fly into the highest of heavens. He was designed for greatness to fly higher than the birds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yet he plucked for worms and scratched the dirt, crackling, clucking, because he believed that he can do no better. Because he believed that he was in Lobidar and he's going to stay in Lobidar. My God, you will do this. Listen, friends, if you don't see yourself. The way God sees you, you will never reach your potential. You will always think you're a prairie chicken. You will always think you're a... I'll tell you why. Because life is filled with trials. Life is filled with pain. Job said, I was born into trouble like the spark flieth upwards. Job says, my pain is my constant companion. If you're going to allow Lobidar to affect your life, then you will never reach your potential you'll keep staying in Lobidar if you look at your pain as something that is miserable as something that God has no regard for so many times when we go through Lobidar we, 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 we lose sight of who God is if you keep thinking that way friends you will never reach your destiny or purpose of what it means to be a joint heir seated with him in heavenly places. Your future is far greater 
than you can possibly imagine, my friend. What God has designed and destined for you, He's destined for you to fly as an eagle above the clouds. Oh, my friend, stop living beneath your blessings. Stop acting like these prairie chickens that are just interested in the things of this world. Prairie chickens don't fly, they're earthbound. What does Paul say? Seek things above, set your affections above. The eagle is designed by God to fly higher than every bird. The eagle has eyesight greater than any other bird, it's got wing capacity greater than any bird. Bird. It's got lung capacity. It can fly where the air is thin. Other birds can't breathe the air. There's something about the eagle. Friends, you are an eagle. And you've got royal blood flowing through your veins. And so use those wings. Spread them. Take off for your destiny. It's a new day, friends. God has something great in store for you, for Logos. Great things. Watch this. Can I go deeper? I'm going to close in a moment, but you got, you got I don't want you to miss this. So David says, Mephibosheth, don't worry about it. I've already made provision for you. I know I've, I know I've given you something that you're not qualified for, certainly something you haven't earned. Just come and sit at my table. Verse number 10. My friends, I, I'm excited about something. Just come and sit, Mephibosheth. God says, I want you to sit. Here on earth, he's made provision. Psalm 23, he prepares a table for me before my enemies. So I can sit on earth in giving glory to God at his table. But then there's another table God's prepared for me. It's a heavenly table called the marriage supper of the Lamb where we're all going to be seated feasting together in the presence of God. I thank God. Oh, I can shout this morning for the table he gives me here on earth. But there's another table that he's prepared for me in glory. Oh, my friends, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saves me by his grace and when he takes me by the hand and leads me to the promised land. What a day. What a day. Glorious day. And didn't we sing it earlier? Pastor Josh, when I think about the Lord, how he what? How he, how he makes me want to Lord, you're worthy. I got to shout when I think about what the Lord has done in my life. What I got to look forward to. Romans 8, 17. I reckon that the sufferings of this present world this pres- is not worthy. Is not worthy to be compared of what? Of the glory that awaits me. Oh, when I think about the Lord, of the glory that I'm going to be seated with Him at the table of the Lord. Oh my God. And you see, friends, God has got something in store. And so David is showing this incredible compassion. He kept His word because he's a man of His word. But Is there another reason why David showed compassion to Mephibosheth? Is there another reason why David went to the extreme? I mean, this is extreme, Pastor Dino. This just doesn't make sense. Well, I'm glad you asked me because there is. Let me ask you, brothers and sisters. How was David's youth? Not so good. You see, 
David showed compassion to Mephibosheth who was dropped because you see David was also dropped not just once but many many times his father dropped him didn't even recognize him when Samuel came to anoint the next king Jesse didn't even present him before Samuel dropped him in the field scraping the manure David was dropped by his father he was dropped by his brothers they couldn't stand him David was dropped by his own wife Michal David was dropped by his own son Absalom his father-in-law as well David experienced all kinds of lobidars and Saul the king that he wanted to show kindness to was the one who dropped him the most who wanted to kill him was chasing him for 14 years David knew what it meant to be dropped but he showed love he showed mercy he didn't make excuses he didn't say it was your fault because he understood the love and mercy of God oh god thou art my god early will i seek My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and weary land where there's no water to see thy power and thy glory. As I've seen thee in the sanctuary, my soul shall be satisfied and more and finest when I remember thee upon thy bed and meditate upon thee in thy watches. For my soul followeth hard after thee. Here's what! And thy right hand uplifted me, brought me out of Lobidar. You see, friends, When you understand that God has brought you out of Lobidar, you will show compassion too. The reason why we don't have a burden for the lost and we don't seem to care for people cuz you haven't really experienced something powerful, someone who's taken you out. He brought me up my he set my feet on the rock to he song in my soul a song He brought me out of that miry clay. Application. Let me close. What did we learn, Pastor, from all this? I'm going to give you three S's. You know, I'm going to give you something. If it's not going to be S's, it's going to be some A's or some B's or some W's. I'm going to close as my last farewell message. My thoughts. I want to leave this with you, Logos. Love you so much. I want to leave this to you. And as we approach 2024, these three thoughts. by way of application number 1 first thing we see is that David kept his word because David was a man of the scriptures he was a man of the word he kept his vow he knew what the word of god says logos be true to the word of god be true to who you are logos christian logos the word of, be true to the word of god not these fads not what we see today Today it's not in vogue in some circles to preach the word of God. You're out of date, someone will tell you when you focus on the word of God. 
Ah, oh, my friend, the Bible says in Amos chapter 3, it says in the last days there's going to be a famine, not of oil or water, but of the word of God. Friends, we are in famine. The word, we have more Bibles than ever before, but we are in famine. We are in famine. We are in famine. David loved the word of God. Psalm 119, I love your word above gold. Can somebody say that? I opened my mouth and panted and longing for your word. I delight myself in your word, in your word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your, David was focused on the word. That's why he was what he was. That's why he kept his word. Logos, keep true to the word. The two ingredients must never leave you. Two ingredients must never leave this church. Two ingredients must never leave your life. What is that? It's the word and prayer. David was a man of the word and he was a man of prayer. He supplicated and prayed night and day. He meditated. Logos, don't forget the word. Don't forget prayer. Prayer is the lifeblood. Prayer is the furnace of the church. Prayer is the breath that I be. Prayer and the word. Prayer and the word. Prayer and the word. You see, in the last days, First Timothy chapter four, Second Timothy chapter four, Second Timothy chapter three tells us that in the last days perilous times will come. Many shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, abandoning the word, forsaking the word, forsaking the word of God, forsaking. Today we got all kinds of of, of false teaching, progressive Christianity picking and choosing what they want to read from the Bible. Let me tell you, all, all the word, every word is inspired of God. Don't be a person that pick and chooses what they want to read and say, this is not inspired, this is inspired. Let me tell you, what, the devil wants to attack the word of God and we see this happening today and we have many people today in this world. I've had some come up to me, why don't you come and visit our church? They're so excited about their church. Come, come, come and visit our church, but the church has become a marketplace. People are inviting people to come to our church. So yeah, 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 because we have the best gyms, we have the best programs. Oh, and pastor, we we have a great cafeteria that we just built in our lobby. You don't want to miss this. Come and see our church. Come and see the program. Come and see the lights. Come and see the fog machines that we have when we present our place. Oh, you don't want to come. Our seats are padded, beautiful theater seats. You don't want to miss it. Come, come and. And see, come and see, and we are selling the gospel like some product of merchandise. But we need to say to people, come to our church, come to Logos, because we have God, His Spirit, His presence. We have His Word! Don't forsake, I don't care about the gym. I don't care about the lounge. I don't care about the pews. I don't care about how nice and fancy. What I care about is there deliverance in the house. Is there prayer in the house? Is there the word of God in the house? The word of God is not a buffet where you take and pick and choose what you want. The word of God is bread. The word of God is bread for daily use. Not cake for special occasion, my friend. Daily use. Daily use. And the more society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those who speak the truth. You will be hated if you speak the truth. I got no problem with that. People hate you because of Jesus. But I got a problem if people hate Jesus because of you. They'll hate you because of Christ. But don't let Christ be hated because of you. Logos, be true to the word. Be true to your name. 
Be true to it. Take a stand. God has elevated His word above His name. Do you see that? And I'd rather stand with God and be judged by the world than stand with the world and be judged by God. Number two, Logos, be true to the scriptures. But number two, what did David do? He went to seek Mephibosheth. David was the, an expression of God's love. He went to seek out Mephibosheth. What did Jesus come to do? To seek and save the lost. Logos, don't ever lose sight of the lost. Don't ever lose sight of the Mephibosheth. Those who are hopelessly in Lobidar. There's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why God has you to breathe. There's a reason. You are called to make a difference. You are called to snatch them out of the fire, Jude 23. You are called for purpose and destiny. You were called to reach out to the hopeless, to the Mephibosheths of this world who are lamed with sin, who need deliverance. And who will God use? You, hopeless. And the Bible says that when hope is deferred, your heart is sick. It's like it really means you're dead inside. I love that. Mephibosheth said, I'm a dead dog. Dead inside, there was death. You can be breathing, but you're dead. You're dead. You see, death is not the greatest loss in life. The greatest loss is what, what dies inside of you when you're still alive. I don't know who I'm speaking to. Evangelism, reaching out to the lost. Don't ever forget that, for evangelism is the alpha and the omega of Christianity, evangelism. The church is not a museum for Christians. It is a hospital for the Mephibosheths, for the brokenhearted. The church is a hospital for the Mephibosheths, crippled. God has called us to be fishers of men, not keepers of aquariums, making nice platforms and beautiful cafeterias and nice padded pews. That's not the purpose of the church. purpose is to reach out to touch lives so be a church of the scriptures Logos be a church that seek out the Mephibosheths reach out to the lost and number three watch this now never lose sight of who you are in Christ your spiritual status who are you? Knowing your place with the king. You, you, my friends, are a child of the living God. Don't let the devil or any demon tell you otherwise. I know you've been in Lobidar, but God got you out of it. Don't live like you still live there. You see, Jesus didn't die for you publicly. That you will live privately. There are no secret agents with God. And if you're ashamed to preach the gospel and talk about Jesus, maybe you're not out of Lobidar yet. I haven't met anybody in this world who's been delivered out of Lobidar who's ashamed to preach Jesus. Not one. Your status, despite all your trials, despite what you've gone through, don't let your problems blur your vision of who you are. There's purpose. Everything I learned about God, brothers and sisters, came in my life through a crisis. A promotion. No, not, not 
accolades, no, not achievements, no, that's not what I learned about God, no, no, not at all, not at all, none of those things, none of those things really teach you, you know what I learned, when I got sick, when I was in the hospital, when I had COVID a few years ago, by myself in that room, I called upon the Lord, when I was distressed in Lobidar, I learned things, I saw things I didn't see, there are some things that are learned uh, and through an empty stomach, purpose in my trials time of trouble yes everything I learned about the Lord as my shepherd I learned it in a cave yes I don't know who I'm speaking to today but there's a reason why you're going through Lobidar because everything that you have gone through has prepared you for this moment that's why you don't despise anything that you go through don't despise the chastening of the Lord don't despise your trials as some enemy something horrific remember God's in control look at your trial not as your worst enemy look at your trial as your best friend what can I learn from this because my friends it doesn't matter how difficult because God is taking you somewhere God is not letting you down no 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 he's letting you learn I gotta say that again God's not letting you down he's letting you learn and all those trials and all the lobidar I've gone through is like a conveyor belt a conveyor belt bringing you into your destiny don't let your pain blur you there's reasons there are reasons though he slay me Though he slay me, though he tries me, I'm coming out of this pure as gold. After you have suffered a while, after you've been in Lobidar, hold on to your hats, fasten those seatbelts, because God's going to establish you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to do something through you, Logos. Something so powerful. He's not letting you down. He's letting you learn. Oh yes, never lose sight of that. Be careful to take a stand. Be a light. Be the salt of the earth as God has called you, Logos. And what does salt do? Salt purifies, it heals. What does salt do? It creates thirst. Let people see you and say, what is it about you? Let people get thirsty for Jesus because they see your life. Let people get excited about Jesus because they see your life. Logos, be that light, be that. Remember, 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 they will hate you because of Christ, but they must never hate Christ because of you. Be a light, be a light, be a light, be a salt, be the salt, be the salt, the salt of this earth, the salt of this earth. Listen, my friends, you are his workmanship. The Greek word is masterpiece, created unto good works. You are a master. There's nobody else like you. Nobody. God loves you. He's not abandoned you. He's not dropped you, Logos. And as we approach 2024, 
I'm believing great and mighty things for this church. I'm believing great and mighty things for you. I really am. Deep inside me, I believe that with all my heart. Can we all stand together, please? I want to pray for you today. I want to express my my joy and the privilege I had for these last seven years or so to be a pastor of this church. Although COVID hit us hard, and for two years, two and a half years, I didn't even enter into the church in many cases. It seemed a lot shorter. A lot of tough times we went through in that moment. But here we are. God has brought us out of Lobidar. And I want to tell you what an honor it has been to be your pastor. And I say this, my wife and I, we talk about this often. Honor and privilege to preach from this pulpit to a beautiful, wonderful people like you who've been with me, supported me, and I said this they had a little farewell for me the other day and I couldn't believe in daily devotions when I was sick one day I couldn't believe your response I had more views because I was sick and away that day than I did my whole devotion series you were caring enough you called, you wrote you... I couldn't believe the love you showed I'm so grateful for all of you I want to thank you for the honor and privilege that I had to be able to pastor this wonderful church wonderful people the board members are just I love the board they're such wonderful people I want to thank all of you Rick and Tim and I I don't want to mention names because I'm going to forget somebody but Sharon and Bert and John the list goes on and on my staff I I have no words my staff my, I have no words And all of you wonderful people. Thank you. And believe now this chapter is ended for my wife and I. Not ministry. Just a senior position. I, Lord willing, the Lord will release me to evangelism where my heart is really. To see people's lives change. To see the Mephibosheths come to know Jesus. That's what it's all about. Let me pray for you. Father, it's hard to imagine that this moment has come, but I want to first of all say thank you for the privilege of being here, the privilege of being with these wonderful people. There's so many here today. I ask your blessing over them, Lord. Lord, as we approach 2024, that we will see great and mighty things through this church this church will continue to grow Father and be strong in you 
lives touched. We will see the Mephibosheths of this world coming into this house. We will see people rising in faith like an eagle. We will see people, Lord, snatching others from the fiery pits, having them come to see the truth. Where heaven will rejoice over one sinner that comes to Christ. That Logos, Lord, represent who they are. That this church, Lord, will be a church of your word. A church of prayer. May these two pillars, these two ingredients, never leave this house, Lord. Never. And I know, Lord, if it does not leave, that this house will be a house of prayer. That many nations will come. And that you would be exalted. We love you today. I commit all your people, Lord, into your hands this day. We love you. We thank you. We give you all the honor. In Jesus' name. Amen.